Going Linux, episode 290, listener feedback. Welcome to the Going Linux podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy. And I'm your co-host, Bill. Whether you're new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in going Linux. We hope that you'll find this and all of our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and its applications and using them to get things done. If you want to send us feedback, our email is goinglinux at gmail.com and our voicemail is 1-904-468-7889. In today's episode, listener feedback. Hello, Larry. Hey, Bill. How are you this time around? Good, good. We are in the holiday times. <laughs> yes, we are. I, I was just looking at my calendar for things that, I, that are coming up, and I've got like three parties and, and you know, get-togethers, and it's like, oh, wow, how am I going to do all this? It's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Yeah, so uh, we've... Uh, We've also had some technical issues. Uh, Time Warner, my cable provider, broke my internet last last week, so we couldn't <laughs> record. And yeah. you had some uh, issues uh, yeah, this just, week. Just before uh, recording, as a matter of fact, we had a bit of a scare. We were uh, down, <laughs> basically <laughs> down. Reset the router uh, from Time Warner, of course, and um, everything's back up and running. We actually had to... I actually had to restart my computer. We both restarted our computers just to be safe, but I think it was really mine. Well, you know, it's what can we say? <laughs> Things happen. Yeah, yeah. There was probably a way to figure out exactly what was causing the problem, do the diagnostic, fix that individual item, and then we'd have been back up and running. But it's just easier to restart the computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that the case on everything? It's yes. like it's not working. Let's restart the computer. Uh, this that's like computer repair one hundred and one. Yep, it's not yep. working. Restart. Step the computer. one: Is it plugged in? Step two: Is it turned <laughs> on? Step three: Have you restarted it? Yes. <laughs> Step four: Check for loose connections. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> but with that, let's go to our first contribution, and it's from Jack, and he wrote, he had just listened to our podcast two eighty nine. And he said, you mentioned that Citrix GoToWebinar did not work on the Chrome browser. I would refer you to the system requirements page of GoToWebinar where Chrome version 39 or later is supported. I can confirm that it worked on my machine last month. I was using MintMate 17.2 at the time with Chrome 46. I believe I use 47 whatever now with the exception of some Microsoft specific programs CRM for one I get no satisfaction but everything else that I want to do is done on MintMate I have just upgraded to 17.3 which includes LibreOffice 5 and he wrote I love your podcast but there seems to be they seem to be getting shorter and shorter keep up the good work though there must be some topics that you could do updates on lol and he writes merry christmas yeah yeah our our shows get shorter uh sometimes because we're t we're kind of, kind of crunched for time and also we don't get as many uh uh, emails and voicemails during this time of year. It always happens because people are busy. Yep. So we're not making shows shorter. We're just got what we're working with, what content we have. And as this holidays get done, 
and people get back into the routines, then we get a lot more emails and voicemails. So it happens every year. So we just kind of work with it and go from there. Yeah. And our feedback episodes have been a little short because the content's been short. It's We've had the series on the Linux Advantage, and um, those are some nuggets of brief content and we're not about to stretch things out just to fill the time if we have 15 minutes of content you'll get a 15 minute show if we have an hour's worth of content you'll get an hour show that's kind of the way we run things here uh, and we as we move into the new year as you said bill we'll end up with some longer episodes because we'll have more content especially in the listener feedback episodes where we have more email and in fact today we don't have any email so we're taking our contributions from our google plus community so if you're on the community and you read through all of the comments religiously you'll recognize every single one of these posts <laughs> uh, but if you just kind of pick and choose and you read the stuff that's most interesting to you and you skip a few things maybe you'll find a few posts here that uh, you missed and you certainly haven't heard our comments on them so there'll be some new stuff here for you either way yeah thanks jack for the tip on chrome i am not sure what's going on there why it would work for you and not for me <laughs> that's kind of the nature <laughs> of computing right uh so i'll keep trying and maybe there's a setting uh, I am on the latest version of Chrome. Uh, I think it's 47 right now, and it seems to work fine. And on my work computer, my Macintosh, um, I'm using Chrome 47, and it seems to work uh, there sporadically. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I, I have to switch to Firefox even there. So maybe it is a Chrome setting that I can, can adjust don't know it it uh, seems to be a chrome thing and we'll we'll take a look at it and see as far as the microsoft crm i think you're probably talking about micro microsoft dynamics i'm not sure why that wouldn't work in chrome uh, or on mint mate uh, mint mate at all um whether that's chrome or whether it's another browser uh, it's it's uh, as far as i know a web-based application and it should work on every browser but again that's kind of the nature of, of the internet. I know uh, Salesforce works fine on all the browsers except the really oldest ones, and uh, you can't really expect any software that's browser-based to work on Internet Explorer 6 these days much. No, I, that's, that browser's been uh, discontinued for, what, two or three years now? Yeah, and even the ones between it and whatever they're on now, uh, I know it's not Internet Explorer anymore on, on Windows 10. It's some other thing that starts with an E. It's Edge. Edge. There you go. Internet Explorer by any other name. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> It actually works pretty well, Does I have it? to admit. Okay. But uh, anyway, <laughs> it you're going to have incons uh, inconsistencies with older browsers. Yes, absolutely, regardless of what you're doing. And unfortunately, they keep the old browsers around because some companies still have old software that only works on the old browsers. But as time goes on, those things get less and less secure. And as a result, you know, there's, there's a lot of yeah. reason to move off those old browsers. So don't keep them hanging around. Get a modern operating system. Get Linux. Get Firefox or Chrome or whatever you want to put on Linux and uh, away you go. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Our next post is from Bill, who says, Hello, Larry and Bill. After listening to your recent podcast with feedback from your listener from Uzbekistan, I can relate to his issue. I travel in Asia extensively. Your podcast is also blocked in China. You are lumped in with other dangerous internet services <laughs> like Facebook, Twitter, and most Google services. I get around this by using the VPN provider Private Internet Access, PIA, a sponsor company for Linux Mint. They have clients for Linux desktops and Android devices. With them, I can use the whole internet from China. The cost is about $30 per year for multiple devices in one account. One problem is that you have to set up services from outside of China. Thank you for providing great information to all Linux users. We are a dangerous internet service. <laughs> yeah, all right. Apparently I so. love it. Yeah, we're getting a reputation as being, you know, rebels. All right. Oh, I can't. Man, that's great. I cannot believe I'm blocked in China. That's awesome. Uh, uh, okay, maybe not awesome. Uh, I like our China, people in China listen to our podcast too, but I just—it's so funny. I mean, listen to us. I mean, the worst thing, the most controversial thing we talk about is my dog stealing my hamburgers. <laughs> well, that might be subversive, there, uh, Bill. You gotta watch out for that stuff. Uh, our next post comes from Matt. He writes, "I wanted to respond that the latest episode of listener feedback to the expat in Uzbekistan." For $5 a month, you can also have a rock-solid proxy server located in the good old U.S. of A., or rather, Western country. Spin up an Ubuntu droplet at DigitalOcean, and it uses as a SOC5 proxy. All the traffic will be encrypted to the server, and then will appear to head out to the Internet from there. Unless the government of Uzbekistan has blocked SSH traffic out of the country, you should be golden. Also, you can access Netflix. Just saying, cheers and happy holidays, Matt. Okay, there you go. Okay. Another solution. That's, uh, that's good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right, George also posts, this seems to go nowhere, with a question mark. Since updating to 17.3, Update Manager always asks if I want to use a, quote, local mirror. Clicking OK brings up software sources with nothing obvious to change or no obvious change to make in main that points to packages.linuxmint.com. Three question marks. <laughs> okay. So, and in the post, he actually provides a screenshot of the update manager in the latest Linux Mint, and it's got the little blue bar with an OK button that says, do you wish to switch to a local mirror? Local mirrors are usually faster than packages.linuxmint.com. And through various comments, there are four comments on the post, um, George also says, uh, in response to a comment from Rick, he says, thanks, shows how UI expectations can color experience. I had incorrectly presumed there would be an error or something to mark the pull-up list. Uh, well, basically, George, there are two things that look like they might be pull-up or pull-down lists. They're not. They're, they're intended to be buttons on the user interface, I guess. And it's, it's a button that has as its label the current 
repository or current uh, mirror that the um, update manager is pointed at. And you click on that as though it were a button and it brings up a list of uh, mirrors uh, for the repositories and on the right hand side as the list comes up it gives you the time it takes to actually access that and the fastest one will be at the top and typically you just click on the button let it run for a little bit until it stabilizes pick the top one and you're done you're on the fastest mirror repeat that with both the main and the base mirrors and that's it i went through that and it works just dandy cool yeah our next post comes from ken l he writes, I use LibreOffice to draw my lab schedules ever since Microsoft, and I, he put a dollar sign there, removed the form templates from Visio. Now I can completely use LibreOffice Draw to replace Visio in DIA, which I never could get used to. By adding network templates, see this website, and he lists the website. We'll have all that in the show notes. Yeah, so he says, and last he writes, I am one freaking happy camper. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, the extensions are just fantastic for LibreOffice. I, I know before LibreOffice, I was using OpenOffice, and uh, the extensions were just lifesavers in many cases because they just have so much good stuff that you can add on to the basic LibreOffice, in this case, package. And uh, uh, Ken, glad to see that uh, you're taking advantage of them as well. And thanks for the suggestion for the rest of our listeners. Okay, Ken L. continues with another post. He says, okay, story time. I had Ubuntu Mate at home, and my videos would get a glitch occasionally in playing. Didn't matter if it was YouTube, Netflix, etc. So I had an NVIDIA GTX 580 laying around, older card, but still decent, installed, which also required me to move one of the hard drives. The Nouveau driver didn't help, and the proprietary driver acted the same. Since this is a dual boot with Windows, I installed the NVIDIA Windows driver, and it worked perfectly, of course. I've been running Ubuntu Mate for a while, but have had little annoyances here and there. Since I've been running Linux Mint 17.2 at work, decided it was time to do the same at home. Well, the Nouveau driver would crash the desktop environment, but I was able to keep the system up long enough to install a proprietary driver and all is well. Videos play much better and no screen glitches. Hmm. Um, different kernel, maybe? I don't know what would cause the differences between Ubuntu Mate, Ubuntu Mate and Mint 17.2. Um, they're very, very similar. They just, uh, it's possible that the difference in the kernel might have had an influence on the drivers. I wouldn't think so, but any ideas or thoughts? No, uh, I have a, in my laptop, I have a GTX uh, 660M and it works perfectly. I don't know what would be different. Maybe it's just, uh, I know, different uh, hardware. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know either. A uh, comment from Richard says, it's this these sorts of annoyances that mean I keep jumping back to Windows. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Um, Brad says, Linux installations are full of wonder. 
yeah, we wonder why it isn't working. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of, lots of comments on this one uh, and some lengthy ones as well. Um, but NVIDIA seems to be one of the better supported cards in, in Linux, so... Yeah, yeah, it is, but it's not without its its troubles, that's for sure. Yeah, Certainly, so. as with most other things, Linux, if you can stick with Intel, uh, you're pretty much guaranteed everything works. It may not be the fanciest video driver out there, but uh, they certainly do good, solid work, and it's certainly well-supported on Linux for sure. NVIDIA should be supported, but as you see here, sometimes you've got to do some tweaks to get it working. Okay, our next post comes from Ken B. We've got a lot of Kens. Yeah, we do. <laughs> he says, my world of computing and what I like about Chromebooks. I love my Chromebook for the following reasons. One, the instant on and being able to close it to take a break and open it right back up and start where I left off. Two, long battery life. Three, keyboard, touchpad, and lightweight. It's only three pounds, so it's very portable. Price almost disposable. 6. I use Chrome on all my devices, Android phone, Chromebook, laptop, desktop. I can completely interconnect email, bookmarks, and drive, etc. I am writing this on my Acer 13-inch Chromebook. I very much dislike laptops for anything though I have an Acer 15 laptop with Linux Mint Cinnamon. It's too heavy not much battery life and it's hot running even with an SSD. I don't like tablets for the way that I use the Chromebook. I prefer a real keyboard also. The 13 inch is the smallest screen that I would want to use on anything but a phone. Then I would never use a laptop or Chromebook for what I call serious computing like CAD, photos, etc. There, I have a desktop with Win 7 with dual 24-inch monitors. Oh, that's nice. Though I hate Windows, I still have too many required software products that are only available on Windows or Yuck Mac. Oh, by the way, I love Linux. And besides, the laptop that I have, a nice desktop and dual monitors and Linux Mint Cinnamon, but so far haven't been able to use it as much as I would like. I probably use my Chromebook more than half of my computing time, email research stuff on the internet, ordering stuff, directing movies and videos to my Chromecast on my big TV, etc. I love being able to sit in my easy chair doing these things almost never at a desk or table. Did I mention that I like my Chromebook and don't care for laptops? And you can smile everyone to their own liking. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> I think he liked his Chromebook. Uh, I think maybe. But he also includes the PS. All right. He says, I had a Toshiba Chromebook 2 that developed vertical lines on the screen due to poor construction and the screen contacts became unconnected. Didn't get any help out of Toshiba. Acer is much more substantial. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that about the Toshiba Chromebooks as well um, and the poor construction there. And maybe it's just Ken's <laughs> comments that I was reading on the Toshiba site, but whatever. Uh, but I do have to laugh. I carry a 11-pound laptop with me. So, yeah. <laughs> so I got that big monster Asus. But, yeah, I, I can imagine. I, I'm so used to carrying uh, such a heavy laptop. I don't know if I could get used to carrying something so light. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, they are definitely light, and the battery life is phenomenal on those things. I have a uh, uh, an original Samsung Chromebook. It, mm -hmm. I think the model, although it's not stamped on it anywhere, I think it's 303 or something like that. It's 3-something. And uh, the the battery on there just lasts and lasts and lasts. It'll last all day long, uh, continuous, well, almost all day long, continuous usage. Um, and on my System76 Galago Pro, uh, my initial battery that I got with it a couple of years ago, I, I ran it, unfortunately, almost always plugged in, and so the battery life just kind of died on it, even though it was lithium-ion. It still wasn't holding a charge, so I ordered a new battery. It took probably a couple of weeks to get here from China, but uh, I got it, <laughs> and um, plugged it in, and now I'm getting back to my old uh, battery life on the Galago Pro. Um, by the way, the Galago Pro is no longer provided by System76. They've discontinued that and replaced it with some more updated uh, models with processors that use less power, and so the battery lives are better. But one of the things I noticed is that on the website when I went to order this, they would not specify what the battery life was. Oh. Uh, they said it was, quote, long battery life, but they didn't say what long was. What do you get? Um, what I found was if I reduced the screen brightness, which is the biggest consumer of power on a laptop, to 30%, it was still quite visible you know you can mm -hmm. you can view it in almost any light unless i took it outside and you know then i'd have to up the screen brightness but for indoor use 30 percent is fine i can get almost three hours the galago pro has been sold as a 14 inch ultrabook long battery mm -hmm. life and to me yeah three hours is probably something you could claim as long battery life but if i actually crank the brightness up to 100 percent, it's uh it's really bright but the battery life is under an hour okay so let's see my republica gamers asus uh i am still getting about three and a half hours unplugged yeah uh, but uh, that's with everything, the brightness, everything at 100%. I, I don't turn anything down, uh, Wi-Fi, etc. Uh, I don't know if it, it goes into a low power state, however, uh, when it's uh, not plugged in. But uh, if you really think about it, three and a half hours is not a lot of work time unplugged. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's That's my point. This thing has a massive battery. I mean, it's not a little tiny battery. I mean, it's, you take the battery, it's probably about three pounds. It's huge. So to, to run this massive laptop, but I'm just thinking, you know, three and a half hours, you can't do too much without being able to plug it in. So yeah, it, I can see where a Chromebook would be nice because you can run it all day, but, uh, hmm, I don't know. It just, it doesn't do enough for me. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's it's not something that I would use to produce the podcast for sure, but sitting in the living room and watching Netflix or whatever, it's, it's a pretty good machine for doing that. And the fact oh, yeah. that you can, you know, broadcast it if you've got a Chromecast to your television uh, is, is pretty... Uh, pretty useful as well. And of course, that works from any Linux computer running the Chrome browser. Uh, you mm -hmm. can broadcast to Chromecast without any problem at all. So you don't have to have a Chromebook to do that, that's for sure. 
Well, Chromebooks work for some people. They just don't work for me, but I'm glad he likes it. Yeah, absolutely. They're they're great machines, and of course, they're based on Linux, so we have no problem talking nope. about them. Yeah. So that's it for our feedback for this time around. Uh, we start a new year with our next episode. Looking forward to that, Bill. Yes, I am. We're going to talk about everything that happened this past year and what we expect for a new year. I can't wait. <laughs> there we go. Until then, go to our website at goinglinks.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe. We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. If you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Lance Podcast Google Plus community. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73. music provided by Mark Blasco at podcastthemes.com.